this year is the war on our ohana, right? The war on our ohana. And the lesson today is titled Reinforcements, right? It's titled Reinforcements. In the real battlefield, sometimes the unit or the or the soldiers would come to uh, face, you know, some obstacles in the battlefield. Sometimes the, the obstacles would be terrain that they have to navigate around. Uh, it could be uh, being outnumbered by the enemy, or it could be, you know, uh, basically not having enough support uh, to carry out the mission. And so often in those cases on a physical battlefield, you know, the, the leader of the group of soldiers or the platoon or company or battalion, if you will, the leader would, you know, radio in or call in for reinforcements um, and reinforcements would come in, you know, in the shape of, you know, more people. We need more people to fight this battle. Or it will come in the form of supply, a, a supply drop. Um, it comes in various forms. But the whole point is when you are receiving reinforcements, that's a good thing. It's it's actually strengthening you. Or sometimes reinforcements come in the shape of reminders or you reinforcing the techniques or reinforcing the uh, the uh, teachings and the tactics that that you are to carry out on the battlefield. Now you bring that thought of reinforcements to the war that we are fighting, right? Paul to Timothy say, "You fight the good fight of faith." We are in a fight, and so reinforcements for us can come in the form of you know, hey, calling on another congregation. To, to come in and join hands with us uh, to, to help spread the gospel, right? Or reinforcements could, to, could come in the, in the uh, shape of counseling. Maybe, maybe your marriage isn't doing very well and reinforcements would be called in and, and that would be counseling, right? And, and that is great for marriages. And so reinforcements could come in the shape of the Barnabases among us, you know, Barnabas and how he's the son of encouragement. Um, I recently got a card from our ladies Bible class and this card uh, um, uh, was, was well put, uh, well designed. Uh, one of the ladies made the card herself and the picture that was on the outside of the card was a Mahi Mahi. Now, if you know me, then you know that I love fishing. And lately I've been, you know, kayak fishing. And mahi-mahis are one of the favorite fishes that I love to catch. Uh, so far, I've caught three of those. Um, but anyways, this card was, you know, well thought out. I was very thoughtful that they that she made this card uh, with the mahi-mahi on the outside. And then the encouragement that I got inside uh, from the words, the words of encouragement, that's reinforcement, right? Reinf reinforcement, you know, it's so important that a congregation receives reinforcement. It's so important that individuals, uh, us Christians, receive 
reinforcements. You know, you think about the principles of the proverb, iron sharpens iron. You know, sometimes we need to come alongside of each other and say, get up, get up, buddy. Let's fight this battle together. Hey, come, let's fight this war together. That's that's the point, right? And so today, um, I want to give you um, uh, some reinforcements by way of reminder, right? Sometimes reinforcements come through way of review or reminder, and and uh, you know we're we're in the month of August, and the the year is almost done, and I just I just felt like you know what this would be a great episode for reinforcements to to remind us all about who we are. Uh, about the weapons of our warfare and that who is it that is fighting this battle with us right so so let's remember that so so the first reminder i want to give to you is this remember that the enemy is not your brethren that is so important sometimes we fight each other and then we spend our energy and resources uh fighting each other instead of fighting the enemy right and so that is so important to remember you know when when your brother or sister in christ uh sins against you do what jesus said to do uh when your brother or sister in christ offends you you need to remember they're not the enemy right because if you don't check your emotions you could look at this person with hatred in your heart you could look at this person with bitterness you could look at this person you know, with with uh, with with envy and jealousy and and all the negative things, and, and then you will look at them as your enemy when they are the child of God, right? Uh, believe it or not, God's children are not perfect. Uh, if if you didn't if you didn't realize that yet, God's children are not perfect, and even when they are not perfect. They are still God's children, and they are your uh, and they are your friendly, not your enemies. I think about you know the church in Corinth and how you know if you're a Bible student, you know when you hear the church in Corinth, <laughs> there are a lot of issues, a lot of problems in the church of Corinth. There were some sinners in the church of Corinth. There were people that were living in sin in the church in Corinth and yet when the apostle Paul wrote the letter 1 Corinthians 1 and, and verse 1 Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes our brother to the church of God which is at Corinth he called them the church of God with all the problems that they had Paul didn't make them his enemy right Paul needed them to be reinforced because the enemy, that's what he does to the forces of our Lord. He comes into the forces and he will try and divide and destroy the army of the Lord. That's, Paul didn't do that. Paul didn't say, well, because you have all these problems in your church, you shouldn't be recognized as the church anymore. Right Now, let's not forget that Jesus did threaten the churches of Asia Minor that if they don't repent, they will perish. There are problems in some churches that that are just dying, right? But let's remember that in this battle, our enemy is the devil, our enemy is Satan, not our own 
brethren, right? Paul, in, in verse 2, he says, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. So, so you listen to that. That's That's a beautiful description of God's children. God's children that have problems, that are not perfect. God's children are our friendly forces, not our enemies, right? So let's, let me reinforce that thought, right? Let's remember who the enemy is. It's not our brethren. It's the devil. Number two, let's remember who we are, right? In the battlefield, on the spiritual warfare, it's, it, it happens that sometimes Christians would join the opposite forces, right? Sometimes Christians would join the world, right? Let's remember whose army we are part of. Let's remember what kind of soldier we are, right? Or what kind of soldier I am and what kind of soldier you are. You belong to Christ, right? And it's important to remember that as you fight this battle. Right? In 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 4, Paul says to Timothy, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, that the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That's how you pass on the torch, or the, to the torch, sorry, my accent there, and that's how you continue uh, raising and creating more soldiers in Christ. All right. But then he said this, you, therefore, must endure hardship. You know, some of Christ's soldiers, because of the hardships, have stopped fighting the fight. All right. My brethren, you know, the hardships are part of the fight. Right, this is not a, a walk in the park. The, the fight, the spiritual fight we are in, is is life and death matter, heaven and hell matter. It 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 will it will lead to some relationships, um, having a lot of friction and conflict, hardships. Right, sometimes the hardships you have to suffer are from among the forces of the Lord, right, or from other soldiers of Christ. Some of the hardships you endure are from our own brethren. But the other hardships are just the reality of following Jesus. Yes, and all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. right? So as a soldier, you must remember that. Who are you? You are a good soldier of Jesus Christ. What are you supposed to do? You need to endure the challenges. And don't leave the Lord's army to join forces with the world. I think about Demas and what Paul said of Demas. Demas has forsaken me having loved the present world. You, you apply that to our thought here. It's like leaving Jesus to fight with the world or, or to, to join forces with the enemy. All right. Paul continues in, 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 in uh, 2 Timothy uh, 2. He says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him 
who enlisted him as a soldier. Who are you trying to please? Remember who you are. Remember whose you are as you fight this war, right? In the first place, remember who the enemy is. It's not our brethren, it's the devil. Remember who you are, whose forces you are fighting with and whose forces you are fighting against, right? Let's remember that. You are a soldier of Jesus Christ. Don't get distracted by the affairs of life because you are trying to please the commander. You are trying to please your commander, the Lord Jesus. Right. Number three, remember the weapons of our warfare. Sometimes Christians forget to respond to, to, to um, persecution in a Christ-like manner. Right. Somebody cuts you off. What do you want to do? Sometimes when you don't have the composure, when you don't have the fruit of the spirit at that moment, your flesh is, is very strong at that moment. What you what are you going to do? You're going to want to go and try to cut this person off or maybe have some words with them. Right. You cannot do that as a Christian. Right. Or, you know, you think about the possibility of of Christians in the first century wanting to overthrow uh, to overthrow the throne. Right. To overthrow the throne of, of Rome or right? because of the persecutions they were enduring. They maybe rise up with their swords and get ready to to render evil for evil. Right. I wonder why Paul, you know, had to write that. Do not render Evil for evil. You know, vengeance is the Lord. You leave room for the wrath of God. Vengeance, vengeance is the Lord. I will repay. Right. So, so sometimes we forget the weapons of our warfare. Sometimes we're trying to fight this war using, you know, the weapons of the world. Sometimes we're, 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 we're using physical things to fight this world, this war. Uh, notice, notice what Paul wrote. 2 Corinthians 10. I want to begin from verse 1. 2 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 1. Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in present am lowly among you, but being absent am bold toward you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive uh, into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. What is Paul saying here? There are some that have, have accused them that they walk according to flesh. Paul responds, that, you know, though we live in the flesh, that is, we we live in the human body. We don't fight in the flesh. We have a spiritual warfare. The weapons of our warfare, they are not worldly. They are not physical. They are not carnal. Remember, as you fight this fight, 
as you fight the good fight of faith, as you are in this war, remember the weapons that you have given by our God, the armor that he has given us that we are to put on, right? Paul says, you know, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. How are you going to fight against the enemy? Put this armor on, right? Don't load up your M16. Don't put up your bulletproof vest. Don't put up your, your tactical helmet and start loading magazines with 556 or 762 rounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't don't fight the war that way. It's just a spiritual warfare we are in. Use the weapons that God provided. Paul says, you know, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore. Here's what you need as the weapons for your warfare, our warfare. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Right? This is our armor. Gird yourself with the truth of the word of God. Make sure you cover your chest with acts of goodness, with doing what is right. And wherever you go on your feet, the gospel goes with you. Preach the word as you go. When the, when, the, when the enemy throws their darts at you, take the shield of faith and cover yourself. Hide behind the faith in Christ Jesus. All right. Take the helmet, which signify what should always be on your head. Salvation. Remember the end game. As you fight this war, remember, salvation is the end. Salvation is the end. And the sword of the Spirit, what's your weapon of offense? Which is the word of God. Remember the weapons of our warfare. Reinforcements. Remember who the enemy is. Remember who you are. And whose you are as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Remember the weapons that you are to use in this warfare. They are not carnal. They are mighty. They're not physical. It's the spiritual armor that God has given to us. And last but not least, remember who it is who is fighting with you in the battle. Right? We say the battle belongs to the Lord, right? The battle belongs to the Lord. Yes, the battle belongs to the Lord, but God does not expect you to sit down and do nothing. God is very able 
to fight every battle and win. God doesn't lose in battles. But the nature of our warfare is that we have a part, right? Why, why would Paul tell Timothy, fight the good fight of faith? It, 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 some, sometimes we have, we have this misunderstanding of that phrase, the battle belongs to the Lord. In other words, it, 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 some people use that phrase to say, so stop trying to do anything. Just sit back, let God handle it. But it's not true. That's not the, the, the proper idea of this warfare. When God said to Joshua that the city has been given into your hands, they still had to march. They still had to trust in his leading. They still had to raise their swords and their shields and run in and destroy their enemies. The battle belongs to the Lord, but you and I had to stand up and fight. You had to stand up and fight. You know, the enemy forces nowadays, you look around our world today, the enemy forces are not backing away. And I have an idea that they have been emboldened to come out this way as they are doing. That the enemy has come out this way bold in their stance why maybe because the script the, the 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 christians have stopped fighting we have emboldened the enemy because we have become fearful because we have forgotten who's fighting with us you think about david arriving to the valley of elah only to find out the army of the lord scared you think about that All right the army of the lord scared because there's this giant of a man who has threatened them and has mocked god david shows up and he says is there not a cause. Another way, another way to put it, do we not see this enemy? Do we not see that God fights with us and for us? And what happened in that account? Right? Though there were doubters, his brothers and others. Oh, you just came because you you want you want it to be known. You want it to be in this business. Is there not a cause? Right? David rose up. He stood up. And he went to war. And and how did he go to war? David decided, you know what? I'm just going to use my skills. And my skills would be just enough. How how did David win that battle? How did how did God win that battle? Did God do everything? Did did a did a stone miraculously Came from one of the brooks nearby and hit Goliath on the head. Did God do that? No. God worked through David. David had to face the giant. David had to load his sling with the stone. David had to wind up the sling. David let loose of that rock and it sank into the face of Goliath. David took Goliath's uh, sword and chopped his head off with it and the victory was God's notice that right you've got to remember who is fighting with you who is in this battle 
with you. And you have to do your part. I have to do my part. I can't say, I'll, I'll just lay back and let God fight all the battles. That is not how God fought the battles, as we read in the Old Testament. It's still not the way he fights the battles in the New Testament. He expects his army to march. He expects his soldiers to fight. And he is the one fighting with us, I think about what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. If God be for us, right? If God be for us, what shall we say to these things? What shall we say to the enemy? If God's on my side, if God is for us, who can be against us? Remember who's fighting with you. Sometimes in the fight, it may feel lonely. I think about Paul. And what he said in, in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 4, there are times where your, your, your comrades, your battle buddies, there are times our battle buddies will let us down or they would forsake us. You think about Paul and what he said here in 2 Timothy 4 verse 16, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me. Listen to this. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. And preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Every now and then, as a soldier of Christ, you will need reinforcements. I hope that this message Reignite your fire, reinforce your soul, and remind you, the enemy is Satan, not your brethren. Remember, you are a soldier of Jesus Christ. Please him. Serve him. Don't be distracted by the affairs of this life. Remember the weapons of our warfare. You don't fight with your physical hands. The weapons God has given us are mighty and powerful. Put that armor on. Put it on. And then remember who is fighting the battle with us and for us. That is our great and almighty God. Thank you so much for listening today. I, I hope this lesson was encouraging and motivating to you. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. I love you all. Take care and God bless. That is our great and almighty God. Thank you so much for listening today. I, I hope 
this lesson was encouraging and motivating to you. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. I love you all. Take care and God bless.